You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Mike. Mike, how do you say your last name? Simons. Si- okay, so it's like, it's, that's very simple. I was taking that <laughs> a lot farther down the road. So Mike, what do you do, what do, you do professionally? Because already so far you've helped me out in just setting up this way of us being able to connect through an audio app called Zoom. Professionally, I work in the engineering and machining field. Doing what? Uh, R&D, research and development, designing things for chemical plants. And I'm actually at the point where I also program the machines that build it. Oh, shit. Well, tell me a little bit about like some things that you work on, some type of, I guess, the daily routine of doing these type of research and development in the chemical field. Daily routine is I get a customer or one of these chemical plants that comes in and they're like, hey, we need to do this or we're modifying something. And I'll have to actually sit down, draft it all out plug it into a cam system, run it from there over to a CNC machine. And then the CNC machine, I might take a chunk of steel that's eight inches in diameter, four inches thick. And by the time I'm done, we've got a complete valve. You get a lot of crap for a lot of the stuff that goes on with chemical plants. No, not in our area. Because um, I, I, yeah, I've podcasted with people, especially someone uh, from the Ukraine. And he was like, I'm interested in developing cleaner green energy i'm like i've also worked in nuclear yeah i'm a a certified nuclear technician as well i've actually got level five security clearances holy shit how much school have you been through man uh a lot 500 credit hours in college dude so are you are do you have a giant kind of do you are you prefer natural resources like finding a better way or do you think nuclear personally me i prefer sustainable yeah, okay. I want us to have a sustainable energy sources uh, to where we like solar power. I'm yeah. all for solar power. The technology's come a long way. Tesla uh, has come a long way in actually bringing the price of solar panels down. Uh, actually, I actually studied a course on sustainable living here a while back, and they had it on uh, Great Courses Plus. And he went through talking about the price differences in solar panels 15 years ago versus now. 15 years ago, one panel was $3,000 to put on your home. Oh shit! Yeah, that's not a, that's One not uh, easy for a mother of three to be able to use clean energy to power. No, now you've gotten to the point where these panels are maybe a couple hundred dollars a piece, and for a house my size, we went through my we went through and actually did a uh, estimate and went through and did the calculations for my my size home, and my home is twenty eight hundred square feet. Okay, so for a home that big, I've already gone through my entire home, changed out all my light bulbs to LEDs. Well, just doing that dropped my electric wheel to 50 bucks off of my electric wheel every month. Do you think that it should be easier for people to be able to install these types of things? Like for the East Coast, where yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Maryland, you, where do you reside at? Texas, South Texas. Oh, good old Texas boy. Yeah, so, I'm right on the water. I mean, literally, my, my I'm, I'm on the coast. And um, when, you know, you look at things like uh, like renewable energy and these types of things, Maryland's now doing this type of thing. They're actually giving people like, tax reimbursements and these types of things to be able yeah. to for people that do solar panels these types of things that um, there's a lot of companies too that you could actually like uh uh i don't know one of them uh locally texas one is called suntex they'll actually uh come out and put the stuff on your roof for you and actually help you with like a payment plan but they'll also uh keep you hooked up to the grid and basically you'll be getting paid for any 
feedback you get from it because you're going to be obviously pumping electricity to the power company eventually. So they're going to start paying you for inputting into the grid. And then what they do is they actually use that as part of their payments and stuff. And it helps actually bring the price of the solar panels and hooking everything up, uh, makes it a lot more economic. And because, I mean, you look at, like I said, $3,000 15 years ago for a solar panel. Today, anywhere from $250 to $500 for a solar panel. A house, my size, 2,800 square feet. You change out all your light bulbs to LEDs, and you would probably have to have a total of six solar panels to run your entire home. Damn. Just six solar panels? You wouldn't need a hell of a lot more than that? I've seen no, people adjust their whole roofs to doing stuff like that. It seems like a very expensive and very hard task. It's, with some of these new solar panels that are coming out, six solar panels would actually power your whole house. So what you're basically doing, because incandescent bulbs eat up some power. You're throwing in a uh, uh, LED bulb that might be using a, a half a watt an hour, whereas an incandescent is 60 watts. You know, just letting you know, like you explaining this to me is is making me tired just because <laughs> I, the, the fact that you had the capability and the wantingness to kind of learn this type of especially difficult field that seems like it kind of brings people's eyes to a glaze and kind of like, you're, you know, you're oh, not yeah. understanding what the thing is. I mean, how many times have you tried to explain to someone they're truly not getting it? I mean, you I live like, in South Texas. You try to explain this to anybody down here and they're like, we need oil. What are you talking about with the electric fancy panels of light? Uh, Obama, uh, that, that that global warming's Obama. Is that is that common down there? I mean, is that really like that? Is Texas really like that? Because you're you're explaining oh, to someone yes. who's <laughs> <laughs> you're explaining in, you're explaining to somebody who has never been to Texas, never experienced these types of things. And my justification is that everyone is a cowboy and has a horse. And I can tell you just by looking at you right now, there is no way that that's true. And I think not in. Majority of the people around here got their Wranglers and their cowboy boots and cowboy hats. And I'm all like, yeah, screw that. I've traveled all over the place. I've been to all 48 of the continental U.S. states. I am I dive deep into cultures. Country music makes me vomit. <laughs> so, so I can't do any of that stuff. I mean, so, yeah, I guess you could say I've been educated. Yeah. I've gone to college. I've looked at the data. I mean, we're, we're even talking like, well, we can talk about what conservative versus liberal or Democrat, uh, Republican versus Democrat or whatever. I kind of fall in the middle. Now, there's some things maybe that currently I'm heading more left right now because of what's going on. But I see a lot that needs to change. And a lot of people are just basically in denial. A lot of these people that are on the uh, right won't even look at climate change. Won't even look at the data. They don't believe in global warming. They won't do anything yeah. like that. I've seen a polar bear on fire, so you can't tell me global warming is not real. And, you know, I've talked to some people that I'm like, how do you not believe it, though? Like, this has been the hottest summer we've experienced throughout history. And, like, every summer is hot. I'm like, oh. oh really? Uh, uh, we had five Cat 5 hurricanes Yeah, uh, two years ago. And that was predicted. And to think that there's going to be one earthquake that's going to level this whole earth, that's going to like bring a whole new awakening. They call it the big one. It could be now, it could be five minutes from now, it could be 10,000 years from now. We don't know when that's coming. I'm like, shouldn't we take a little bit more time and also not only focusing on people, because let me tell you, some people suck. I think most people choose to suck. 
but I think it comes to we're worried about the next iPhone 20. You know, Kevin James has a not Kevin James. Uh, who's the guy that plays in King of Queens? Kevin James. Oh, that's Kevin James. I was fucking right. Well, you know, he um he says he has a joke. He goes, "Why are we worried about the next iPhone 20 when we can be worried about like the why do we have walkers with tennis tennis balls still on the bottom of them?" Like, it doesn't make sense. Can't someone direct just take two minutes of their time to adjust this and fix this thing that's been the same way for so long? And it's like, we're worried about the next big thing, the next top hit, the next social media, the next Twitter, the next Instagram, that's another platform. Yes, there's benefits in it all. But I'm like, we're worried about the wrong things too when it comes to, I don't know how many times I can drive down the street and see trash littered on the side of the road. Like, mm-hmm. just take that extra time out of your day just to stop at a trash can and throw it out or put a bag in your car and save it all up like I do and throw it away when it gets full. That's all you have to do. But people are like, eh, this done, throw it out the window. It's like, well, shit, man. Like what happens if a fucking sea turtle comes across that on the, in the middle of a highway? Yes. A, a sea turtle is going to swim across and choke on a cigarette pack, but still it's like an animal can come across that. Oh shit. And- well, just look at what I did. I drive a motorcycle by choice. I prefer to drive a motorcycle. I'm cruising down the road. All of a sudden the cigarette butt half lit hits me. Fucking the asshole. asshole in front of me de- decides he's going to just flick it out the window. Great. We're having a hot ass dry summer. Let's set everything on fire. Yeah. Smoking the bear would be ashamed of that person. You know, mm-hmm. we have these types of things that don't seem like they get played around anymore. I mean, I don't know if you know what the dare program is. Yeah. The, uh, was it that drug awareness thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That ended up making kids dive into the, the realm of drugs more because it just showed the awesome things about drugs. Like, well, that's you, where I usually got my drugs at the dare meetings. Exactly right. That guy was handing them out in a briefcase. He had everything from cocaine to LSD mushroom. Hey, let me try some of that. But like, you, you know, ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. D- hey, let me tell you about DMT. No, but it's just like the whole thing. He's- Joe Roganing. <laughs> I'm glad he caught that reference, dude. Yeah. Now, I have a funny story about that because my cousin makes fun of me for listening to Joe Rogan. He's like, dude. He goes, oh, let me tell you about DMT. Every time he just cracks that joke, I'm like, man, he doesn't say it that much. And at that moment, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He said it three times in one minute. And I was like, fuck. Like, I can't, like, I should, it kind of highlighted. It's like when someone tells you, you hear that clicking noise. And the next thing you know, you're like hearing it all the time. Like, oh my God, has it been doing that forever? You just become aware of it. It's what happened. And, you know, the reason why he talks about it so much, the reason why anybody can talk about a drug experience so much is because it brings a whole new experience. It seems like someone shifts the world into a whole new view. I'm not against drugs. I'm not 100% for drugs. I believe it, it varies person to person. I have podcasted with people that um, smoke marijuana every day because it feels like it helps them get rid of all their problems and stuff like that. But then I've also seen the downside of it too with some people where they get addicted to it and they see it as a gateway drug that led them into cocaine, that led them into these types of harder drugs. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's criminalized. If we de- decriminalize it, take the stigma off of it. Yeah, we wouldn't be having these issues. It's 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 actually pretty awesome that a lot of stuff is becoming now more open. People are being more acceptance to marijuana. You know, some people like I think uh, there's uh, still 13 states uh, that have yet to uh, decriminalize it recreationally. That, one being mine. That's already been a major benefit, though. But I think a lot of what um, you can say with marijuana being illegal <clears throat> is if you ever seen the movie Pineapple Express when they're trying that Loved thing it. and they called it they called it Project X or whatever it was, and the dude goes. So what do you, you know, he was like smoking marijuana. How do you feel? And he goes, and he's doing those like things. And they're trying to ask him questions. He's like just having this fun experience, drumming in his head and doing all these things. 
making noises, asking questions. That's when it started getting scary. That's when it started thinking people are like, oh shit, is he asking questions right now? Is he questioning why we're underground? Is he questioning his superiors? And he goes, why are you wearing an eye patch, bro? Why, why are we yep. underground right now? Why are we hiding this shit from the public? And then they were like, illegal. And they made it illegal right after that because I feel like it's a giant government ploy of it brings things to your awareness. Marijuana makes you more aware of your surroundings. That's a known effect from marijuana. It brings a realization, whether you get too stoned, you end up texting people like your grandma or calling your grandma, calling your mom, like, I just want you to know, I fucking love you. You know, you mean the world of it. Like, whether you come to that, like, why does it take a drug to get you that far to realize there's some things in your life that you need to fix? That's where I see the benefit of that. And I think, like it says, it varies person to person. It also has its downsides where you can end up getting so high, you think your balls are getting sucked into your asshole. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. That's one, that's because that's a personal thing of mine. But, you know, it's 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 all uh, it's all too much in excess. We, we we handle the world in excess. Everybody seems to do everything to 100 percent of the capability they possibly can, which is good in some things. But you can't drink water. Too much of that can kill you. Too much of anything can kill you. Too much of a bad thing is what we're being consumed with with the world now. People are more closed off to other people's opinions and more justified by one opinion rather than experiencing everyone's stuff. That's where I've decided with podcasting is what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to understand the people in the world people that are either waiting in the wings and don't get the credit they deserve or doing things that keep things running that you don't even question about, like why my light bulb can turn on. I yeah. I, haven't, I don't know even know how to, I, I know how to change a light bulb. I haven't fucking done it in years only because the one time I did try and do it, I burned myself when I was like six. And I'm like, I don't want to experience that again. So an just, LED, they don't heat up. <laughs> and yeah. And it's like, but the whole thing is we're making adjustments and corrections based on, people and experiences. And I think if you close yourself off to one view, whether you're watching political news all the time, I don't know if you've ever heard of mean world syndrome, but it's the reason why in retirement homes, they have their TV locked on a certain channel that faces on Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune. That's not because they love seeing Bob Barker or Drew fucking Carey all day. You know, you can only get so much of that guy. But at the same time, it's because if they start looking at the news, all they have to do is sit inside their house all day because they're literally sitting there like <gasps> like waiting for waiting for the end. You know, they've mm-hmm. already lived a life and whether they achieve something that they did or not, it's called mean world syndrome. The news, yeah. all these types of outlets play this bad source. I actually had to take a break because of all the shit that's going on right now in politics and stuff. Uh, I And I'm not one of these people that where it's like, oh, I'm only going to watch CNN or I'm only going to watch this. Uh, I try to, I look at all the news medias Compare them to like BBC, Al Jazeera and stuff like that and all these other ones. And from when you bring them all together, you can actually kind of start to see what the truth is. You can see which one is being more biased towards this sort of side of the story, which one is being more biased to this side of the story. Well, I did that for the longest time, talked about it a lot. And it got to a point where I found myself becoming angry quite often. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm done. No more. I've turned off all my news feeds. Uh, I haven't looked at any of the news that's going on. The only news I see every now and then is, did you hear what Trump is doing now? No, I didn't. I'm not, I don't even care. 
that piece of crap will be out eventually. So I'm not. Let me guess. He tweeted some shit, and then something happened. He tweeted some shit, lied about it. Everybody believed it, and we're we're here. We are again. I feel like before, where it seemed like the only two things you never want to bring up at the dinner table is religion and politics. That's become to the point where it's just religion now. Everyone's so open to their mind on politics and stuff, where it's like, hey, um, you know, I feel like on a censor on a sense or a sinus test or something where you have to, you know, you circle a little box, white, black, whatever the hell you want to circle, you know, other, I don't know what the hell that means, but the whole idea, like there should be a box now that says liberal conservative, whatever the hell you are, because now that's what you, they go by. That's their flag. They fly under, yeah. you know, it's, it's just like how it turned into religion where religion was seen as, are you Catholic? It's like, why, when I asked your name, you introduced yourself immediately with I'm a liberal, like, like that's going to affect me. You're not yeah, a liberal. I don't care. Yeah, you're not a liberal. You're not white. You're not black. You're not whatever. You're a person. And I'm going to make my own justification on you based on my experience with you. I can't. Someone can go and tell me Mike Simons was this weird guy, you know, or people who live in Texas would say, that boy does not dress like us. He is from another culture, another another environment. Or they do the Hank, uh, the Hank Hill. That boy ain't right. <sighs> Yeah, it's like that. It's like when you hear that, it's like, um, I can't say, I can't take what you just told me and fucking run with that. I can't say I'm not going to talk to Mike because he's this guy that doesn't conform to the Texas lifestyle. I don't like fucking horses, okay? I don't. That's me personally. I don't like those hats they wear. I think they're assholes. I'm sorry. If you're wearing a 10 gallon hat, it's a 10 gallon hat of shit. Yeah, you're wearing a snapback right now sitting in front of me, and I'm like, this guy is completely different from the, what I think of as a justification for Texas. So I started realizing that's a problem it, with me. Why am I making justifications and assumptions on somebody from where they're from? Okay, yeah. just if I haven't even seen them or haven't even got to experience and talk to them myself. Which is exactly why I do my podcast the way I do it. And you, and you know, you when you invited me to come on, you knew my podcast name is Anything Goes Project. Literally. Anything goes. I don't care what your political stance is, what your age, sex, religion. Are you part of the LGBTQ uh, community? Are you trans? Whatever. I don't care. I want to bring you on the show because I want to hear your story because something you say might change my mind about something. Exactly. And it's, it's not only a more experience and knowledge for yourself. It's a way of creating a content or something that someone out there might pull from it. You know, I've had somebody listen to my podcast and be like, dude, it's a form or even be on it and be like, it's a form of therapy. The reason I started my podcast was my buddy calling me drunk on his roof about to jump off because he realized that his whole life's been controlled. He's lived his life in his parents' view, his idealist. He, this guy was baseball star, freaking parents like like he was seen as the teacher's pet like everything was going to be lined up for him the rest of life this guy was going to be whatever the hell 401k fucking bam 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 hot ass model wife all this type of shit and he was just like fuck i don't want to do anything i want to do you know and i'm like well what do you want to do man it's two o'clock in the morning right now i i try to get some sleep but i'm not going to end this conversation until it's it's done until it's until we feel like we've come to what we've come to and next thing you know, two hours later, he's just like, I just want to be me, man. I want to affect the world environmentally. I want to be able to change things. I want to work at, on the ecosystem. And I'm like, okay, then, then, do do that. then fucking do it. Every step you take should be in progress of your own goals and your own achievements. At the end of this life, 
you can't say I lived the life or you can't say I, I made it through life. You have to say I fucking lived it. And yeah. you, can't, you can't just be like, I lived it in the idea of someone else's of view of what I should do. No, you need to make your own justifications and classifications on what you want to do, whether it's from a tattoo, whether it's from something that you want to even piss off. Yeah, it's <laughs> why I mentioned tattoos. You have them. And I'm like <laughs> a bunch of them. It's like once you mention that, that's just an expression of who you are as a person. And I don't I don't judge you based on your looks. A lot of people see the tatted up dude all over, like uh, nothing off on his body is skin anymore. It's just all fucking tattoos, ink everywhere, you know. He leaves no spot left un- untattooed. And I'm, I see that guy. I'm like, I don't see a person that's scary. I don't see a person that has something wrong with him mentally. I see a person that has a story to tell, has a life. That's and exactly has- what I was fixing to say. I want to know your story. Yeah, man. I mean, I've shit. I walked the my, the boardwalk in my local town. If you look up Ocean City, Maryland boardwalk, it's one of our popular attractions here. It's twenty streets, about two and a half miles of just nothing but wood boardwalk that you can walk with carnival games, all these types of things. Yeah. Like it's basically Six Flags, but all down these streets. And you're just walking it and seeing all these random people, tourists that come to this town. I do like some of them. I do believe when it comes to driving, if you're from Pennsylvania, please stay off the road because you're just not only endangering others around you, but you're probably endangering yourself. Um, and your horses are getting crap on the street. Yes. 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 <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the whole thing though. Like we crack jokes, we do all these stuff to, and I guess enlighten and make humor of the real possible problems that me and you are talking about. And that is, we are more willing to ignore somebody that might be interesting to talk to. If I see a person that's, any person now, when I walk the street, I'm like, you've lived a life, you have a story, you have an experience, I want to hear it. And I've had so many people come back to me, give me this message about my podcast. Sorry, I'm just, I'm not interesting. I'm not this. I'm like, but you are, you fucking are like, holy shit. You're telling me. Especially, I've talked to some older people and it's like, nah, I don't have a story to tell. Bullshit. You were in Vietnam. You made it home. You've got a story to tell. Exactly. And just like like what I'm saying here, Mike, you're a fucking history book right now. You're telling me the history of Mike. You're telling me what the things you've experienced, whether it's the downsides, the upsides. It doesn't matter. I can only make my justifications and classifications on talking to you myself. There are no bad arguments. There are no arguments. There are no good conversations. It's just talking. We're people. This is something we have to need to. You want to close yourself off and be, I was introvert for a couple of years. It doesn't, it's not something you can do for the rest of your life. If you yeah. watch any, any show where it's one man all living by himself, he's fun for the first two months being able to walk around truly naked and free and being able to not give a shit about others or not be able to worry and concern himself with other people. But the fact that we're all worried about showing who we truly are, what we're truly inspired to do or what we even find to be an interest in ours just based on the classifications of what other people are going to think of us. Like that's a fucking horrible life to live. Why would anybody want to live in that type of world? And that's the world we live in today. We're built on a rocky foundation. Yeah. I, I, I hearken it to this. You see the people that they think that image, they have to present a certain image because that's the way society is going to see them. The people that go to church on Sunday mornings, they're dressed to the nines and everything. And it's like, I know you outside of that that's not you yeah i saw you the other day doing a jello shot off that stripper's stomach you're telling me your gym from accounting that work goes to church every morning and blesses the lord and savior well let me tell you the lord and savior last night was a girl named cinnamon 
And you know, you, and you did you did blow off that hooker's ass. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but like that's the real people, and we're so afraid to show the real us. You know, it's a common statistic now that relationships end in the first year or first two years, a new marriage, because the person is hiding who they truly are mm-hmm. until they finally get married, and then they're like, "Oh, this is the real me." Like, wait a minute, this is the real person i married like she's like yeah i was just that's that's why my wife and i before we got married we lived together for almost a year yeah you got to know those persons are they messy are they dirty are they where we live at southern baptist community oh what are y'all doing they are married (laughs) y'all are conforming to the style that god proclaimed to us well well, guess what we're going on 24 years marriage now it seems like it's working. And it's the funny thing is, everyone's like, I'm going to love her forever and for the rest of my life. Bruh, it fades. It fades, man. I'm pretty sure you probably understand. It takes that. work. It's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not only just keeping the relationship interesting, but for someone like you that's been married for 24 years and it works, you have your ups and your downs with this person. But that's like that with fucking family too. It's so hard to work with anybody but yourself. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Because you're the only one that thinks like you do. You're the only one that has the experiences of what you do. But you have to realize that's a thing. You're going to have your arguments. You're going to have your downsides. You're going to have times where you want to fucking turn the ceiling fan on and throw this person right into it. You're going to have those moments that you're just flustered to the floor. But then you realize that's just that's something that's going to pass too. Much like how love fades in a way. You know, that effect, the first three years is that time period that you truly, truly love somebody. And then it usually just fades away. And it's it's all about finding someone that you are comfortable spending the rest of your life with. Someone that yeah. you don't mind waking up to and being yeah. like, hey, do you feel like do you feel like doing it tonight? It's not it's really about finding yeah. somebody that you can be friends with too. Yeah. It's a lifelong commitment to a friend, basically what you're saying. Yep. And, and, it, and I have a theory about that. Uh you talked about it, like the three years you start getting that fading out, and then you get that thing they call a seven-year itch. Yeah. I have a theory about this. I've studied biology. And in studying biology, you learn that pretty much every cell in the human body is replaced every seven years, by, is replaced by a seven-year period. Also, every month, your kidneys basically, and internal organs You're are, basically uh, brand new. Every seven years, you're not the same person that she married. Yeah, exactly. That's you're, my you're, theory. And you know what? If you take that and realize, holy shit, that makes it feel like I, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm diving out of the realm of of cheating on my wife I'm, I'm not technically cheating on her but she's not the same person she was seven years ago oh <laughs> god i just gotta wait till that two-year mark from now where she'll be a whole new person that i can start calling her carrie maybe get her to dye her hair <laughs> a different color start turning into a little bit of a, a guy like that but when you start when you start looking at things of that sort and you start changing your perspective on simple things like that it creates a newfound experience a newfound something we all can't stick on the same lifestyle for the rest of our lives as much no. as we find it comfortable and we find like this is what we want to do, but it only lasts a few years. I change, I have changed so much in the past, I would say even 20 years from my points of views on how I viewed things in life. I guess you could say, uh, and, I, and I'll give you my background. I was raised in a highly conservative uh, home that was, I had a stepdad. I never knew my biological father. Uh, stepdad was kind of psychologically and physically abusive, misogynistic, racist, uh, held part of his family wearing the clan. Oh my goodness. 
Wait so, a minute. Wait, well, yeah. Part of your well, part of his family. Hold on. Okay. Stepdad. Yeah. And so I decided. Ah, oh, wait. We're not glossing over that real quick. Hold on a second. Like what type of stuff? Like dressing up clan meetings? Huh? Doing clan meetings? Yeah, his family was into that kind of stuff. Good guy. Some okay. of his family was, uh, uh, from what I understand, like somebody in the family is a grand dragon or some crap. And grand yeah, they just did, wizard. Huh? Yeah, or whatever it is. That's or, an or, title. Is a grandmaster wizard. Something like that. I don't know. Hell, can he cast a spell? Is he like from Hogwarts? What? I don't know. Turn about a what? Kind of Kazam. Yeah, and it was literally living in that type of environment. And from day one, I mean, I literally was told this as a child. Uh, he married my mom. I was five years old. We immediately moved to Louisiana. The school district I went into, I was one of three white kids in that entire school district. You've been a minority. Yeah. And so the advice I was given by my stepdad was when you get out on that playground tomorrow, you grab the first person you see and you beat the hell out of them. You'll get their respect and you'll let them know you're in charge. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I actually have an option in my life right now of, I have a choice on two colleges, one all white campus, Salisbury university. It's all like, I mean, they have a, a legit Starbucks on campus next to a Panera bread next to the whitest things you can possibly think of. And then I have the option of choosing an all black school where I would be going to school for free being a minority. And I said, I'll take that option. And they're like, why? And I'm like, you, you don't want to feel comfortable. I'm like, what the fuck is comfortability? I'm not experiencing anything. I work at a hotel during the day where I am all, I'm the only white kid on an all black and all Latino staff. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and you look at it this way. We're all human beings uh, outside of just this skin. We're all the same. We bleed red. We all have the same muscle structure. We yeah. all have the same skeleton. You take you take a skeleton from an Asian man, a white man, a black man, uh, a Russian man, or whatever, and you just take their skeletons and set them side by side. You can't tell me who's who. Exactly. You can do an X-ray and you can't tell who who that is. And the fact, if you look at it in that light, you're, you're it, it changes your perspective on things, which I think a lot of people are just closed and viewed onto one side. Whether either it might not be the fault of them, just maybe how they were raised, and it's that's it, it's just what they that's all well, they know. When I uh, I I, did, I made a choice at that point, I was not going to be like that. I decided, nope, that is not how I'm going to live my life. I actually moved out of the house when I was 16, and uh, <laughs> I've raised my kids to be caring loving no matter what your sex religion creed anything like that i've actually my old my oldest son who is actually engaged right now i remember when he was in kindergarten he asked me because we'd moved we had uh we were living in georgia at the time and he asked me he said uh daddy what happens if Because, you know, in the South, it's kind of a little, they got some racism and everything going on there still. But he asked me, he said, Daddy, he said, what happens if I, if I, if I uh, fall in love with a, with a black girl? And I'm like, what do you mean? He you said, can, I, can, a, can a white boy marry a black girl? And I went, yeah. Dude, I've been at fault with that too. I mean, the past couple of girlfriends I had have been biracial or, you know, yeah. something like that. And I'm like, I'm like. No, my know, wife is Native American. I've been asked the question by family members, family members, like, what do you just, you got, you, you like the black woman or something? I'm like, no, I just 
I, I found that I liked their personality, you know, I found them attractive and I went after it. I'm not going to disclose myself based on someone's looks. If I find them attractive, I'm going to try anything possible to get, you know, what, get as just even interest myself with just having this experience with this person. Yeah. And, just having that connection and that you, human experience. Shit. It's like the reason why racism still exists is still because there's still words we can't say. Some words like the N word, like you can't say that without someone being like, <gasps> you said the word. I'm like, but it's a word. Like once we start seeing it as a label for a race, once we start seeing these justifications and that old style of thinking that we were, like I said, we were built upon a rocky foundation. Racism is never going to go away. Once yeah. we start having classifications and census tests and types of things that we have to check a box just to describe who you are, there should only be two options in that category when it asks who you are. It should be person or robot. Like that's the only classifications we should have. And it, it seems like it, 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 racism is always going to exist if we keep focusing on things of that sort. Like how are we going to justify this person? How am I going to be able to get my uh, uh, I guess, you know, I could take a survey. I check the box. I'm white. I bam. I don't qualify for the survey. What the yeah. fuck? Like, wh what do you mean? I can't qualify for a survey. I'm trying to get extra gems in my game on freaking clash of clans. And I can't do that because I don't qualify for this damn survey. So I have to lie and say I'm Latino. That's 46 years old. That has 30 kids that makes over $6 million a year. And then that qualifies me for the survey. Uh, what kind of logic is that? And what real person does that? Maybe Mark Rubio. But, you know, it's it's that it, I don't like how we're based on classifications. Like, yeah. we're not truly experiencing anything for ourselves anymore. I can't yeah, tell man. you what a fucking taco from, the, you know, the new taco cheese KFC fried burrito thing that they have going on. Now, I don't know what the hell they're calling it. I can't tell you what that is because I live my life in a clean eating way. So I don't dive into the realm of fast food. But it's saying that it sucks, saying that it's not something that is, you know, worth going after if you want to go eat it. I'm not going to say that because it's not for me. It's not meant for me. It's meant for someone else out there that, you know, whatever you want. It's all based on who's yeah. interested in it and not to look at the people that down shit on top of it. And that's why we do this podcast, change people's minds. Tomorrow, I've got an interview with a young lady who is Muslim. Uh, who's coming on the show. She is now uh, her first, she's publishing her first book on women's empowerment. Damn. So she's coming on the show tomorrow and we're going to have a conversation about it. Uh, half the people I know in my community wouldn't even sit down and have a conversation with somebody who is Muslim. I'll just say that. They, they'll they sit down and talk to somebody who's Presbyterian, Catholic or whatever, but they won't sit and talk to somebody who's Muslim. That's not even that's not even just in your where you're from or where you're living at either. That's with people everywhere. We're not willing to accept people just based on classifications that we style our life by. You know, a and person is a person. In August, I've got a Jewish rabbi coming on. Woo! Lahayim. That's so, my people. There we go. My I mean, people. <laughs> so and, I mean, there we go. I mean, if you've actually go through because uh, if you actually go through my whole podcast list. You'll see such a diverse, a diversity of people and backgrounds. I've got people that have worked in the medical field. I've had people that are in the STEM technologies. I've got people who are up and coming authors. Uh, uh, and then uh, podcasters. I've interviewed other podcasters. I, I do a thing that's called a podcast collaboration. Uh, yeah. I've actually got a Facebook page called Podcast Collaborators. 
And you come there and it's like, hey, cool. We're going to connect our two shows. We're going to do a show. You release it on yours. I release it on mine. Boom. There we go. I uh, dude, I'd love um, to even, I'd love to collaborate with you one day. I mean, you're helping me here in my podcast. I'd love to I'd love to help and just be on yours, dude. Because I can already tell from just not even five minutes with talking to you that you're a good person and you understand mm-hmm. things. You understand that this world is a world living in if we look at it in that light, if we look at it and change our perspective and be able to try and understand. That's all we need to do. There's only one thing yeah. to stand. People are like, we need to change. That's not true. And it's not true. It's exactly what I've taught my kids. And I can say this, I've actually taught my kids that their entire lives. So my kids have actually are, my two oldest ones are actually in university right now. My oldest one has one more year left. And both of them are in a field that can be used to better humanity. My oldest son is getting his degree in evolutionary biology. Damn. Uh, my second oldest son is starting his second year of theoretical physics and mathematics. You know, if you try to describe that to somebody in Texas, your neighbor, Clark, <laughs> he would be like, what? Oh, even just telling them that my son's doing evolutionary biology. Oh, I didn't come from no damn monkey. You're right. You did it. Your ancestor did. Yeah, and exactly. And if you try to explain that to him, be like, are you one of them atheists? Are you one of them? Are you one of them people? Are you one of them? Uh, there's no pork on Sunday type people. Let me tell you something. You ever seen the movie The Nightmare or not The Nightmare? Um, the what's the one with Seth Rogen? The Christmas movie they did. Damn, I'm trying to think of the name of that one. I I don't think I've seen the Seth Rogen movie. It uh, it came out like a couple of years ago. It was uh, uh the the something before Christmas, the night before Christmas. No, I haven't seen that one. Well, they, they have these things like they do, they adopt a new tradition every year. It's with uh, James Lovett and they, uh, they they adopt a new tradition every year. It's three best friends experiencing the same thing over and over again every Christmas, spending time together. You know, me and my buddy do the same thing. We add something new to each other every single day, you know, or not every single day, but every single Christmas. He bought me a Christmas sweater that has the Jewish star from that show. It's a giant Christmas sweater with Jew stars all over it and the star of David on the front. And I'm like, oh, I would just, we, we add stuff and we create these little things. And it's all about experiencing and having a life, being able to enjoy memories and creating them, whether it's with your family, whether it's with people, you know, we're so closed off. How many times do you want to say like, what was your life like? Well, I did this. I went to work and I did that. And it's like, what, what else did you do? And then in your head, you're thinking, fuck, for the past 40 years, all I've been doing is playing video games and doing really nothing. I'm one of these of people I- that you, you, I gave you a short bio so you could have it for the show. You see, I do a lot. I'm one of these people that has a creative mind. I want to continuously do stuff, creativity. I want to create, I want to build, I want to make things. And I want to get out and experience the world, experience people, because I don't want to be that guy that's laying on his deathbed going, I I shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. You want to be able, like I've I've witnessed, you know, going into old folks homes and trying to podcast with them. Um, It's, it's, you're, you're hearing history and that, that a life that was lived and a whole new light, and everybody's story is different. There might be similarities between people, similarities between things, but everybody is experiencing something different from another. You see the world in a different light than I see the world. And whether we agree on some things and disagree on some things, it doesn't matter. It's you're experiencing something I'll never truly understand. The reason why I can look at a cloud and see an image, and you can look at a cloud and see a different image. It's the whole thing. The only reason I think people 
Um, we try and find things we can bond to, like certain hobbies and things like that. But you're not going to truly have the same thoughts. You know, I'm, what's going on in my head right now is not going on what's on your head. You know, it, it, Native Americans used to smoke peyote and these types of things to come to these spiritual group highs and experiences that they could have together to have something to connect about where the thoughts kind of focus and line up on the same. But throughout everyday time, normalization, being sober and not having these types of things like that connect us in a way. A realization pot, for example, if you don't smoke pot, you know, like me, I don't smoke pot, but I've seen what it does and I know what it is like to be on it, to experience the world in a connection with another person. And when you have a connection like that with somebody and these types of things, it not only creates a memory, but it creates a bond with that person forever. And it gets a better understanding of the world. Yeah. My, my bulldog just pushed open my door to my office. <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> he wants to be involved into the podcast. Yeah. Well, he's 120 pounds of, can push me over if he wants. <laughs> Go. Dude, I used to have Newfoundlands. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's uh, he's the breed that almost went extinct in the 70s, the old English bulldog. He's not the, the little short squatty the ones, ones. Yeah, the, well, the ones we have now, they're not even meant to be around. That's a, that's a creation of man. That's not, yeah, well, he's the breed, the grandfather of those breeds. Damn. He, he is huge. He's 120 pounds. His paws as big as my hand. Yeah. Do you have you ever do you know the difference between a purebred and a mutt? Uh a mutt is doing what they do naturally. Yeah, well, the whole thing is a purebred is something that's been bred. It's basically a, it's a factor of inbreeding. When you say purebred, you should think inbred. It's bastardized. Yeah, it's it's the whole idea that they're not letting them breed outside of their uh, type of species. They're not letting them breed outside of their uh, style or whatever. Uh, Give me just a second. I can still hear you talking. I'm going to close that door so he doesn't bring the other one in with him. He, it's a party. It's a podcast party. And, you know, when you look at things... Sometimes of, that door doesn't catch just right. Oh, when you look at things, of, I guess, different sorts, um, many things like have classifications and types of styles by like how we're saying with race, white, black, all these types of things that need to be eliminated. But mm -hmm. like, even in the world today, there's interesting stuff about the world and there's weird stuff to look at. If you look at a history book and just try and dive anywhere into the realm of history, you're going to see spots where you're like, we're making that mistake now. And it's like, we're going to keep repeating the same mistakes over, over. Those over, who do not study over. history are doomed to repeat it. Exactly. Like I, my, my buddy, I do another spinoff of my podcast out of the blank, which is a lot like your podcast. Anything goes like it's just conversation it doesn't fall. It can't has a kind of a structured little bit like the, maybe the first minute. Like, what's your name? Oh, my name is Mike. OK, Mike. Well, let me tell you about DMT. You know, it, it goes off to whatever you want to talk about. And it's just a conversation because it's literally out of the blank. You're pulling yeah. it out of fucking nothing. And then I decided to do fill in the blank, which is focused on specific topics. I asked yep. my buddy, what's something that interests him? He's like, dude, I'm interested. And let me tell you, industrial revolution and 19th century Victorian surgery. I'm like, what? Then let's do it. I'm like, all right, give me, let me give me like two days. So I go to look up everything about diversing into this thing that I have known nothing about. I start learning so much about history. Do you know there's a person um, as a doctor, actually, that was on a Joe Rogan's podcast, which is where I got a lot of my information from, too which helped out in a way, but, um, Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris, um, she wrote a book called the art of butchery. And it's about, <laughs> it's about a famous surgeon named, uh, there's two, there's Joseph Lister, the guy that they, 
named Listerine after because he helped basically revolutionize the medical field by actually cleaning off his utensils after mm-hmm. he would do surgery. And then I don't know if you know anything about um, Robert Liston. Name sounds familiar. He is known as the fastest knife in the West End. And the reason why he was known, given this title, is because he could perform a surgery that would take hours um, for some doctors in a matter of minutes. And that was the whole appealing effect of having a surgeon back in the Victorian times because they didn't have any anesthetics or any of these types of things. That would Get it done quick out. and over with. Yeah, so like you're going to chop my foot off. Well, I don't want you taking fucking forever. I want you like a Band-Aid. Rip that motherfucker off. Let's go. You know, I got diabetes. I ain't got time to waste with worrying about my foot. And, you know, it, he's also known to be the only surgeon in history with a 300% mortality rate. Now, listen to that number. 300%. He killed three people in one surgery. Because being known as the fastest knife in the West End, he was moving so quick, he chopped the woman's foot off. She obviously bled out. And which happened most of the time, and also was moving so quick with his utensils that he um, sliced his assistant with the with the knife, and also chopped off one of his assistant's fingers. So he killed, let's say, a spectator. He killed an assistant, and he killed the patient. Three hundred percent mortality rate in one surgery. He's the only person to be known to do that. But he was also the type of person that he would let you know, "I'm coming to your house in two days. I'm warning you. I'm coming to your house to do this surgery." It's going to happen. So I'm giving you time to prepare and spend as much time with that foot before it's gone. And the person be like, okay, cool. Then people would not answer the fucking door. They'd be like, I am not in my house. I'm sorry. I'm not ready. It's, it's Tuesday. Can we do this on a Wednesday? And he's sitting there. Nope. Come on. Open it up. I'm serious. And he was the type of person who was six foot two. He fucking broke down a door. There's evidence in a, a, a document of this. He broke wow. down a door. A dude ran through his whole entire house, hid in the closet. The dude chased him. All the way through his house, opened up the closet, grabbed this 200-pound man, threw him on the fucking kitchen room table, and chopped his foot off. Said, nope, it's happening. Because that person ended up living a a life, ended up living a better life. He was like, look, what's going to happen is going to happen. If you die after this, then you die. But you're going to die anyway. Take the shot, an opportunity, that 0.2% chance you're going to live, and get an extra experience. I guarantee you that dude was happy for it. You know, you might have been pissed off that he had to walk with a cane for something, but <laughs> that's just an example. If you look at history, there's things of the sort, you know, mysteries, whether it's government conspiracies, Area 51, flying saucers, the idea that our whole space program was developed by Nazis. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, uh, it was because uh, we uh, incorporated a lot of the Nazis from Germany when after World War. Operation and, Paperclip. Uh, yep. Operation Paperclip. And they brought them over. Uh, Hans. Uh, what was his name? The one who designed the Saturn V. Warner Von Braun. Warner Von Braun brought him over to uh, actually the uh, Saturn V that he, the station he was working at, is in Alabama. I've been there and looked at the uh, the rockets that are there. Uh, and I, I've been accused of being a conspiracy nut, and I'm like, I did not start researching conspiracies and government projects until the one podcast off Joe Rogan with having Alex Jones on again, where he started saying a bunch of stuff. I'm like. What the that fuck? was a train wreck. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I agree with that. But I started like taking bits and pieces of what Alex Jones was saying. Like, what's it talking? Well, I can say it's a train wreck because I know Alex Jones. I've met him in person. He is, is like that in person. I have a feeling he is. He seems like some guy that's real. Yeah, and he is. As much as he talks about spraying the crops, and making the frogs gay, I don't believe that one. But I am open to learning more about it. 
And I decided, let me take bits and pieces of what this guy is saying. So he starts talking about something about psychological warriors, about creating these Jedi forces of or uh, goodness and power for the military and these types of things. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then he says, men who stare at goats. Have you ever seen that movie, Men Who Stare at Goats? I've actually even read some of the paperwork on it. That's based on a real government program. And it literally happened not even 20 minutes. Operation Pegasus was also part of that. uh, Exactly. Operation Pegasus was a program where they were using, uh, trying to use uh, ESP to pinpoint um, uh, Russian naval subs. Remote viewing. Yeah, remote viewing. That's what it was. Uh, and you you look at that, and I'm like, I saw this movie, Men Who Stare at Goats in Theaters, with my grandfather because he has a fascination with George Clooney and also who's that one fucking guy that's in all those karate movies that is like bloated as hell and can't even lift his leg above Steven his Steven Seagal? Yes! Holy shit, I can't believe you guessed it too. And <laughs> You said bloated. <laughs> <laughs> they just show him from the face up now. It's a little bit sad. But when you when when you see that and you're like, huh. Men Who Stare at Goats. Now, this has a crazy movie. Then you hear 10 years later from when the movie came out in a podcast about this movie that you thought was fake, and it turns out to be real. And not only real, but happened yeah. 20 years away from you, called Project Jedi. I am like, wait a minute, we did remote viewing, create psychological warriors, all on the basis that Russia was doing this first. So we wanted to be yep. farther than them in research. And right. then you look at uh, what's coming out in the news now. We've got countries all over the world that are their pilot that they're admitting now that hey our pilots are seeing stuff up there and we can't ex- we can't explain it. Yeah, they call it like um what was it Operation Foo Fighters like the whole idea like all those night fighter pilots were flying in like the middle of night or something over yeah. a stadium and they saw a bunch of weird balls and orbs well, floating. I'm talking about current pilots are seeing. Yeah, stuff. I know, and that's the thing, and uh, they always chalk it up to some of the hallucinations and syndromes that develop with a pilot flying with. Uh, so many things like they say it's the same thing when you're on your phone and driving. You know, the reason why yeah. you're so aggressive is because you're aware of what's going on around you. And it may, whether you want to be like rolling down the windows and just relax and listen to music, you're still very, very cautious of what's going on around you. You're still aware. You're alert. You're on your toes, whether you believe it or not. And with these pilots, they experience that same thing. They're doing a, a dangerous and awesome thing, like flying around, doing these types of things that a lot of people can't do. And yeah they get chalked up to having syndromes and types of things. And you hear the pilots go, look, I can tell you right now, I have no fucking syndrome. I saw something up in the sky. There was something up there that was flying in a way I could not describe it. Have you seen the new Bob Lazar documentary? Uh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I'm actually uh, probably going to be watching that this weekend. Let me tell you something. I my One of my second fill in the blank episodes was on Bob Lazar and Area 51 and Flying Saucer. Lazar. Lazar, yes. I call him Lazar because I like lasers. And um, <laughs> my buddy corrects me all the time. He's like, dude, this, you fucking love this guy and you call him Lazar. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, I like I like calling him what I call him. But the whole thing is, I looked at that documentary now that it came out. But I fucking learned about this guy for the past 40 years. He's been looked at as a conspiracy nut and a freaking like loon to other people. He has no accreditation in any education field. They've destroyed all this stuff at Harvard, all these types of things. Mm-hmm. But he went to those schools. You know, the whole reason in his, like he explains on the podcast with Joe Rogan, like that he only found out or he only got all this stuff that his whole career went downwards with Area 51 in the government and seen as being labeled a nut and conspiracy theorist is because 
he found the government found out his wife was cheating on him before he did. And that was because they tapped his phones. Legally, they did. They asked, hey, we're just going to monitor your phones and stuff. We're going to tap your house, make sure that you don't expose any of the stuff that's going on at S4, the hangar that you're working at that has these flying saucers. And um, he goes, okay, yeah, I agree to that and sign the paper for it. Then later, he sits there and figures out, wait a minute, is my wife cheating on me? Then they put him down into a room. What's going on here? Your wife's been talking to this guy and... uh, I don't, we don't know if you're aware of this, but this is, is this going to be a problem? Are you this going to be a breach of security? Yeah. Is this going to be something that we're going to have to worry about you going off and getting <clears> right <throat> and complaining about your problems? And next thing you know, you're spouting knowledge about our secret shit going on here. And he's like, so astonished, like my fucking wife's cheating on me. Like, yeah. oh my God. And you guys knew about it all this time. You didn't tell me, tell me you're walking around and you have this, like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. And he went home handled things there they didn't do with his wife you know probably lost his shit but at the same time then he talks about in the in the documentary is bone chilling they have a recreation of him talking he brought a bunch of buddies to this where they were testing at s4 the secret hangar he wasn't allowed yeah. to bring anybody to he went there drunk one night and he talks about having a conversation with his friends there and then it ended up being him and his one buddy sitting on the front of the truck looking at this Thing, fly directly up into the sky, fly and then do a 180 degree turn that no plane today has the capability of doing and then land directly downwards. It's like no no de- de- developed technology was able to do what he was describing. And I kind of gave a dumb descri- description of what it was, but he goes into it deeper and farther. And I think anybody that wants to look up some stuff about it should. But when he explains that, he goes, imagine he's like sitting there for an hour and then randomly he just goes, and for some reason, we got to the point where we got so drunk, we just started wondering what would happen if we stole that, what we could do with it. Next thing I know, this little ball of light in front of me, maybe about eight feet away, drops and rolls up to my feet. And it was the military. They were watching him that whole fucking time with yep. I mean, lasers on him, everything, fucking just sitting there listening to his whole conversation. They ended up throwing him into a room, interrogating him and coming up. <laughs> his whole life's been stressed. And now... Uh, everything's coming out in the news that he was just, uh, he was lying to everybody. He was doing all these types of things. And it turns out his whole story is a hoax. He didn't really work at S4. He's just a fucking liar looking for attention. And I, I try and explain like to my own family that are sitting there saying, dude, he was proved as like, he was wrong. He just did it for attention. I was like, and yes, people were able to actually go pull documents and find documents that weren't destroyed that showed he had the clearance to go in. He had a badge uh, he was actually working there at one point. And he exposed real shit. Yeah. And you, you hear that, and then it's like, but do you not know what's going on right now? And my, you know, they're like, what do you mean what's going on right now? I'm like, do you hear not about the petition for 660,000 people that are going to be Naruto running up to Area 51 just to get inside of there? And they're like... I watched, the, uh, I watched an Air Force briefing where they were trying to explain what a Naruto run was. Yeah, and it was like you're sitting there, and it's like the reason why is like the one person that went to Area 51 got shot. Bob Lazar came out saying that there's no alien technology at Area 51, so all these people don't lose their lives. You're telling me the government's going to let 660,000 people just run into their training base and see all this stuff they're working on, whether it's aliens or not? Uh, Maybe there's not alien stuff in Area 51. It's probably somewhere else. But the whole idea is, first of all, you have a planned attack of what you're going to do on this day. And the government obviously fucking knows about it. You tell me they're going to keep all their shit there. That's alien that you're that you want to find all the secret shit. It's fucking moved already. It's been it happened day fucking one, and yep. 
you're sitting there saying all this type of shit, like, oh, we're going to storm, we're going to find the answers. It's like, they're not going to let you. They're going to beat the shit out of you. They're going to fucking shoot you. They're not going to let you I into I got a theory that would work better. I, th- I thought it would actually work better. I mean, if we were looking at the pros and cons of it, if you were, the, if I were the government, I would say, okay, great. Y'all come on. Meet them at the gate. Okay, it's $50 a ticket to come in. Okay. Profit and then they're like, what? Yeah, it's always been this way. You're you're willing to show us into the Area 51? Like, yeah, you want to see the dark shit we're doing? You want to fucking corrupt your own mind? $50 a ticket, return? bring it. Yeah, it's like... You're just going to fund our new project. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, even I am at fault with doing this. I think the government's keeping a lot of shit that should be exposed. The fact that the, the documents, the seven or the 500 missing files of JFK, those JFK assassination files and case files, 500 of them were released to the public in December of 2017. And the fact that Donald Trump still kept 50 some 50 something articles still confidential and not for the public eye. The fact that you can look up Project Sunshine, I don't know if you know what that is, but the whole idea of testing radiation on people's loved ones without their permission and doing all these yeah. types of things with passed over loved ones. And it's like, you hear that? You go onto the CIA website, it's all right there. It's all information you can read, all the real articles, all the documentation. We have a Freedom of Information Act for a reason, the 1975 Rockefeller Commission, or the 1795 Rockefeller Commission, the whole thing. There's these arts and acts and declarations that expose information, but it's 20 years after the person that was involved with it has passed away. So they're not yep. incriminated. And they're it's not supposed being- to be uh, in 2017, all of, the, uh, all of the documents for the assassination were supposed to be declassified. Yeah, and we all still documents. About 50 of them are still <clears throat> That's because the yep. president decided that Maybe he decided, like, hey, the government, they shouldn't know about this type of shit, you know? Well, I mean, or- since you want to talk about some of the weird stuff, I mean, I've actually had to help with the UFO investigation. What? Yes. Well, explain that. Don't just leave me hanging. <laughs> with MUFON. MUFON, Mutual, uh, Mutual UFO Network. I actually had somebody uh, came to me, and I'm, I'm looking at the document right here in front of me. I've actually scanned it to my phone, so... People can see, well, shit, you can't see that with the damn thing. But anyways, I scanned the document to my phone, and I actually had it scanned. Page one, scanned image of document, March 21st, 2010, Edna and Inez, Texas area. Uh, Handwritten testimony. This was actually given to me because I had somebody approach me, and they were like, hey. They knew I was into doing, looking at stuff and investigating things. Uh, I'd go to locations and check them out. And they said, something happened. My daughters, they were on their way home from a softball game. And I went, so he started telling me, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop right there. And he was like, what? I said, I want it handwritten from them before, while it's still fresh on their mind. So he went home and had them handwrite it out and then got it to me that evening. So anyways, basically, they were on their way back from Edna, and which is a little town by me. And they were heading up the main highway, and they were going home. And this craft came over their vehicle and hovered beside them. And then went over to the other side and then shot off and went and was on the other side of the tree line following them along the highway. Not just did she witness it, her sister witnessed it, and the truck behind them witnessed it. And the truck behind them got scared enough that he went past them and they never could catch up to him. Whoa. So at that point, I get all this. I've questioned them. I've talked to them. I reached out to MUFON. I actually uh, knew the uh, the local he was our local field investigator here, so I contacted him, handed over all the documents and everything to him, and he says, dude, I'm going to start researching this. I said, well, I'm already ahead of you on this. And he was like, okay, what are you doing right now so I can kind of cut it? So I'm calling the airport. 
So I called the airport to find out what was going on. If, were there any planes in the air? Because they gave me a time because they knew exactly when the game ended and when they were driving home. So I had a time frame. I said, were there any planes or helicopters in the air at this time? No, everything was grounded at the time. There was nothing in the air. Anything in the air in our county has to report to the to the uh, airport in order to keep everything, keep planes and shit from crashing okay. into a helicopter or something. So nothing was reported. So Jeremy actually went out to the location, did a bunch of readings, photographs and everything. Couldn't find any anomalies or anything. I did the same thing. I went out and he said, great. I told him I was going out and do the same thing. He says, great, because that'll double check and we can compare everything. So we did that. Didn't find out anything. However, he did confide with me afterwards. And he said that our area over the past 10 years has been getting a influx of sightings. So, Bruh. Okay, great. I have, uh, so, okay, great. I thought that was cool. Well, then my son and I one night were sitting here because I live out in the country, mm -hmm. 40 miles from town. I love Damn. it. So I'm looking out my back window. I've got a big, huge double back bay window that looks out into my backyard. And then past my backyard is a whole pasture land. And that goes all the way out to the coastline. Send some pictures. Send so some it's, yeah, it's pretty much just open. So my son and I are sitting there and we see this green orb in the field. And I'm like, and he's like, Dad, what is that? And I said, that's not supposed to be there. And he goes, it's not one of the cell towers. I said, the cell towers are over there. You see them blinking? He goes, yeah. I said, I don't know what that is. But this orb started moving through the pasture. And then it shot straight up and was gone. We never saw it again. Why does all the cool shit happen in Texas? <laughs> I do a lot of these stories on our After Dark show. Because uh, San Antonio has had some of the highest uh, reportings of uh, – of ufo sightings in the, the since the january you if you had do you think aliens are real why wouldn't they be i mean i personally i don't know what's going on but you look at i've studied astrobiology with the amount of planets that are in the universe and also thinking of biology the basic fundamental building blocks of biology are found throughout the entire universe. They're built in the fiery nuclear furnaces of stars. Yep. So hydrogen, carbon, oxygen, all these things are throughout the entire universe. I don't think it happened just once. Yeah. I think is how I've seen experiments where they've been able to recreate and uh, recreate and actually create RNA in a laboratory setting basically doing the primordial soup experiment mm -hmm. and that's all it takes is i think you gotta get that rna which will eventually can mutate and become dna do you think that aliens have landed here do you think or they do you think that we might have just just created i don't know uh there's a lot of shit that we can't explain there's a lot of hieroglyphics that can't be explained that depict certain like, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go full ancient aliens here because I actually shaved my head, so I don't look like that guy. <laughs> Everybody says I look like him when I have my hair. But uh, yeah, it there's. I think there's there's questions that need to be answered. So I can't say yes, or I can't say no, because I've researched and gotten into so much UFOs, paranormal uh, activity, uh, just looking at these all different things. I'm the guy that they bring on investigations. Who's the skeptic? 
I try to find a scientific explanation for something. Somebody brings me to a house and they say, my house is haunted. Why is your house haunted? Well, we hear noises in here all the time. That door over there, we can walk through it and leave it open and it's going to close on us every time. Well, I'm the guy that's pulling out a level and putting it on the door. Yeah. Yeah, your door's not level. It's going to close every time. Why are you questioning the mystery I find? So I've actually rehung somebody's door on an investigation. Ah, hey, look, I fixed your ghost. Yeah. And However, I have gone and done investigations. And actually, I have the audio clips pulled up for us. Dude. I've actually gone on investigations and caught shit on video and audio that I can't explain. There are things out there that we don't truly know or have the capabilities of understanding. I think it's all about what we perceive and all what we choose to believe in. You could be closed off to anything, but I think the fact is you have to explain it to yourself. The whole yeah. idea, like Bigfoot, I fucking hope he's out there. I hope there's a guardian of the force that's walking around, you know, just scaring the shit out of people and beating up people for eating his beef jerky. I freaking hope that's a thing. But then it comes out in history like it's not one person. It's not one creature. It's a species. It's a it's a hominid. It's a what's it? A, a Paleopithecus or something? Uh, uh, no, it's uh, Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. Like you hear that and you're like, oh shit. Then Australopithecus hear, was uh, found in Africa. That's Lucy. Yeah, and then you you start hearing things like uh, Yeti. You know, hearing that as being a species and all these types of different types of monkeys or different types of things. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Considering that with the uh, cryptozoology, that whole thing, people see that as like, oh, that's just fake science. I'm like, no, it's kind of not, though, if you think yeah. about how many species are still undiscovered in this world. We know very little about space. We know very little about Earth. We know very little about our brain. Something we so have any, we've, uh, we've explored like 10% of our oceans. Yeah, they estimate that there is still 9 million something left undiscovered species. And when you think about, there's over a thousand species being discovered every single year. And the fact that there's over, I think they say it's 2.2 million left to be discovered on land that they estimate. And they say that it's 6.8 million left to be discovered in the seas itself because 75% of the water in our on our earth is still left undiscovered or uneven explored. The fact that they found, a, have you ever seen the documentary on Netflix, Dino Fish, a 600 million year old fish that lives in the coast of Africa, they thought extinct. And they the whole found reason, it again. Yeah, and the whole reason that was was because the pirates, the Somalian pirates down there, were throwing dynamite into the waters for fishing and blowing up their homes where it disrupted their ecosystem and hit them at a level where deep down into the ocean, time is completely different. It's literally like yep. anything. You ever seen that movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey? Great that was movie. actually a really good movie. I enjoyed that. Very awesome movie, but it fucked me up for two weeks. I couldn't understand what was real anymore. And <laughs> you hear that, and I'm like, holy shit, Matthew McConaughey's in space. We got to fucking save that guy. And like, you know, it was a movie, right? I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, there's no way. I don't know. Well, do you want me to play this clip for you? I've got, two, I've got uh, four clips total. Two of them are unedited, and then two of them are just what we heard, isolated. I'm not going to tell you what I heard. I want you to hear it. All right, go ahead. Okay, so here's the first clip. Let's see if you can hear it. And it should be starting now. I saw your face. 
We were walking through a building that had been gutted, vandalized, and burned. So what you're hearing is the tiles crackling under my feet. At one point, you hear me go from all the dust, and something responds to my. Is that someone that's one more time? Is that someone that said listen? Listen, here it comes. It'll be starting in three, two, one. Fuck. I'm sorry. Did you just see me turn around and look behind me like something was behind me? And I'm like, there's a fucking wall behind me. This thing behind me is a fucking wall. There was three I'm men like, in that building. Dude, that scared the shit out of me. It sounded like a woman just said, listen. I'm like, what? What? Like, yep. hold on a second. And here it is, isolated, so you can hear it again. I'm going to play it a couple of times. Dude, my legs are already in. Saying, listen, listen, listen to yeah. what? <laughs> Here we go. We rounded the corner, okay? And let me see. That's the isolated one. I want the unisolated. Now, I'm going to play this one. We're going to have to listen. It's about two minutes long. All right, go ahead. Because you have to got to get a context of what's going on in there. So I'm the guy who stands back with the video camera and is panning it watching everybody so you got somebody who's asking questions seeing if they can catch something i'm the guy who's actually when he asked the question looking at everybody else making sure nobody's going it's me that type of stuff okay. okay so i'm standing there and for anybody that may be listening to this you can actually uh find me online i posted the full video of this straight from that recorder that you see sitting behind me so there's no editing. I posted it straight from that. I actually videoed that playing it. Let's hear it. So here we go. You ready? Who was growling or what was growling earlier? Give us a sign of your presence. Are you upset because people keep entering this building? Make the lights on that meter go off. If you make the lights on that meter go off, just walk over there where you see the green light on the floor and it'll go off. Make them go off and we will leave. If you don't make them go off, we're gonna stay. You want us to spend a night in here?
Who are you? I love watching people's faces when they hear that the first time. I don't know what's real anymore. It's a, <laughs> it's a whole idea. Ron White had a really funny um story about ghosts. He goes, whether you believe in ghosts or not, he goes, let me tell you about something. I lived in a place where there had this ghost that they said this upstairs is his. The upstairs is their territory. Uh, no one go near him because, you know, it, it tends to piss him off when you go up the steps. And as, you know, throughout my life, I was just like, ah, it's kind of bullshit. Then one night, my daughter came to me and told me that, hey, somebody is fucking doing this. And, you know, it's it's, it's affecting me. I can't sleep. And he realized that it, it was this ghost that everybody was talking about in his family, th throwing these things out there, saying that exists, that he had never seen, never come in contact with. So... He goes, all right, all right. And he always freaking his daughter out. So he goes, okay, he goes, let me let me handle this. And he walks over, he goes, ghost, let me tell you something. You come around my daughter, you come around anybody in my family again, you fuck with them. You keep your shit, I keep the mine, but I swear to God, I'll punch you right in the fucking mouth. And never, she was never bothered again. And I'm like, there is something out there and whether you want to take his story and his comedic uh, kind of uh, explanation, you can probably look it up. It's probably way better than I explained it, but you yeah. hear it, you hear that. It's like much like a radio has multiple frequencies. There are people out there that have experienced abilities, types of psychic abilities, types of uh, maybe another sense or a type of awakening. Some people can see colors. Some people can do these types of things that their brain and wires get crossed that are different. And, you think of these, think of you as being on a frequency right now. Right now, between me and this camcorder and you, there's a little invisible little frequency or a little, think of a line, invisible, just drawing straight into my, either my voice or doing something like that. There's constant, there's wires from my phone that are beaming up into the sky. There's all these things going on around us that we're not able to perceive because it's on another frequency. Hard to think yeah. there's not a spiritual or type of maybe leftover plane, you know, a type of another alternate, you know, dimension yeah. or something. And, see, and this, this recording that I caught is the prime example of something I can't explain. The skeptic in me wants to say it was somebody else in the room. There was nobody else in the room. We knew for a fact there wasn't. It was just me, Steve, and Joe. And I'm going to hit just the isolated. Okay, people. Did she say, okay, I don't want people to see me? Or uh, I can't really tell exactly. Uh, the first part of it is ooh, baby. Oh, we Wait, know that no. part. Wait, one more time. She said, okay, people want to see me. What'd she say again? Okay, you. it's either okay, people want to see me or okay, you want to see me. Play it one more time. Okay, people want to see me. That's Something what she like said. that. Okay. But like I said, do you agree that that is a female voice? Yeah, she sounds hot. <laughs> Ghost hotness. Yeah. Maybe she's a succubus. I wonder if she wears a sheet. <laughs> well, that particular building that we were in, 
that we were getting reports. That's the reason we went there. The people that were uh, working there, there's another part of that building that is still in use. That part was vandalized and gutted with fire. It was, it was like a dual building complex. The other building, now they're starting to get activity in it. Shit getting thrown at people. Uh, stuff coming up missing, moving, hearing voices and all kinds of stuff. So we went out there and did this investigation. Well, we did the entire walkthrough. We had a big team on this one because it was three floors of this building we had to go through. We've caught, we caught everything from babies crying, just all kinds of stuff. And that was caught on other people's equipment. This one here, we, 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 we classified this one as a class A EVP because it's not just one of those, like what you'd hear on TV where you hear, oh, look, it said yes. Barely can understand. This is an audible voice talking. Yeah. I think there's some some ghosts or something, if there is ghosts out there that have a type of, you know, power or learn to kind of channel out there, you know, away in a certain way, much like how some people on this earth have like type of another yeah. type of ability or type of seeing things that other, other people don't have, like a sixth sense. I think there might be, that might continue after your death. That might continue. Now, well, kind of diving into the... Well, hold on. Diving into the paranormal a little bit. Um, I have family members that have a type of ability that where they say they can speak to ghosts. And I never truly believed it. And myself always thought that's horse shit, whatever. Then I start hearing things where I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? And how the hell like did like like, for example, one of my family members was able to pinpoint the location of a girl who had passed away about two weeks before they found her body. And she was like, just woke up one night, was like, holy shit, this is where she's at. Gave the exact location, called it, told someone to call it in anonymously, and then that was it. And they found it at that spot. I guarantee you there are people like, that was the fucking killer. Now, whether my, <coughs> I know them to not be the murderous intent at times, but I know them that they didn't do it, okay? But the fact that she was like, I had this dream. This girl came to me and said, help my parents find my body. And bam, uh, she got an image in her head. She saw a, a side of the road, saw a thing like that. I've experienced waking up from a dream myself where I'm like, fuck, why was I thinking about a guy laying in a ditch in a river? And then, you know, my mom comes to me the next day. Yeah, then my mom comes to me the next day. Hey, do you, uh, I'm wondering, um, cause just because it's common with females in our house, uh, do you think that maybe you might have a type of ability. If I show you a photo, would you be able to, um, like if that person was missing, would you be able to like maybe feel something? I'm like, what? Like I'm about to tear open a box of some honey smacks here. Like, what are you, what are you trying to, are you trying, are you trying to mess up my morning? Trying to fuck me up all day? And she goes, no, just do me a favor. Just look at this photo. You know, I'm gonna sit on the table. If you want to look at it, look at it. Walk by it. I'm like, whoa, that's that guy that I dreamed about last night. Like, that's weird. That's really fucking weird. Did that just come across my mind? Is that something I just ran across that person? It was just in the deep back of my subconscious. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. He's missing, right? Well, check check near a, a, like a stream or not a stream, but check next to like, I don't know, a gutter somewhere, somewhere with a little bit of water. Like it seems like it was kind of man-made a little bit. And actually, you know, they, they find the dude on the news. I'm like, whoa. Like you hear that and you you have that and it's like it definitely I'm not you know I'm not saying I'm 100% like in belief of it but like I definitely think there's these weird things that you can kind of pick up sometimes it's worth exploring 
Yeah, it's definitely something we definitely need to spend more time uh, diving into the interest to. Which, and which is why I do these investigations because I want to know answers. I want to know. Yeah. I want to believe. I want to believe that there's a whole world of stuff out there. I mean, who wouldn't want to live in a world with spirits and ghosts and fairy farts? I mean, Dude, come on. fucking leprechauns exist. You know, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? there's some fucking bastard that takes my one sock out of the dryer and leaves me with what fucking water? <laughs> Those are aliens. That fucking assholes. And, but and, and just and just to give you an idea how in depth I go in this, uh, you contacted me Sunday to come on the show, and I told you we were in the middle of my son's birthday party. It's my youngest yeah. ones. Saturday, the night before, I conducted an experiment here in my home with a Ouija board and broadcast it live. For two hours is that why your hat's like ouija board style oh yeah uh, yeah well this ouija board i custom built oh shit you're fucking i custom good. made this one because supposedly if you make the board you get a better intention on it right so i made the board uh i set up in my office where i'm sitting at right now i the webcam that we're looking at was pointing straight down i had the ouija board set up on this desk I had two condenser mics over it. I had an audio recorder there with it. I had an infrared camera on one side, a motion detector camera on the other side. And then behind me, I had a DSLR camera on high definition recording. Okay. Plus the webcam, webcam that was streaming live to Facebook. I had 306 people participate in this. I got the board going. Opened up the communication, offered up anybody that wants to communicate, feel free to use this board to communicate. <coughs> and then I walked away. The one thing you're never supposed to do with a Ouija board, walk away from it and leave it open. I walked away, left my studio, left my studio, locked the door. Got on my phone and my laptop and logged into the live stream. Oh, my goodness. And just sat there and listened with everybody else. And they were like, well, what do we do? I said, ask it questions. But we don't physically have our hands on it. And I said, the, supposedly the Ouija board will work on their own with intentions sent to them. I've heard so many stories of planchettes moving on their own. And they were like, oh, okay. So they started asking questions. Planchette never moved. However, for a room that's got soundproofing in it, this was a noisy fucking room last, that night. Dude. I'm serious. I had a sound technician that was listening to it. I had Joe, the guy that you heard on the last EVP. He's our, uh, he's, he runs our radio station here. So he knows about sound qualities and stuff like that. He was listening to it and he messaged me at one point and said, Hey, where are you at in the house right now? I said, I'm sitting in my kitchen at my bar. Oh. Okay. And he said, where are the kids at? And I said, well, my, uh, Michael's sitting here beside me listening to this. And he goes, okay. I said, my wife's in bed. The other kids are in their room and that's at the other end of the house. And he went, oh, well, somebody's in your office coughing. Mm. And I said, I know, I'm hearing it. And about the time my son pokes me in the arm and goes, dad, are you listening? And I went, what? He goes, there's a woman in there talking. Dude, you know, man, I, I plan on taking my recorder um, and trying to go explore the world a little bit more. You know, I podcast with people from other countries that I've met when they mm -hmm. come to America and work and I work with them. I'm trying to get their stories out there, too, and their experiences. And stuff. Ask them if they've ever had a scary story they want to share. Yeah. And it's all about experience and all about understanding. And, mm -hmm. you know, coming to the conclusion a little bit at the end of the podcast here, I just want to say, like, 
you've lived a life, you've had something amazing, you've experienced something and you're, you're going to keep on experiencing things till the day you die. And you're like one of my favorite quotes from Leonardo da Vinci, I kind of bring him up a couple of times, but it's so fascinating that he says like, art is never finished, just left undone. It's true. Mm-hmm. You're, people are a constant work in progress. I hope that one day I can come down to Texas, maybe eventually, you know, stay nearby or 40 miles, wherever the nearest hotel or something is from where you are and be able to come and kind of, you know, learn and face to face experience with you and be able to go on these things with you. I think me and you should take a trip to one of the most scariest places on earth as freaking Arkham Insane Asylum or that freaking Alcatraz. That's well, not Arkham Insane Asylum. It's Batman. Uh, back in 2009, that was when we had Zach Baggins and everybody go in and, uh, the Penn state, I don't know if you ever saw that online. Yeah. Uh, one of the, several of the people that I know that actually run a radio show out of Minnesota, dark darkness radio with Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis and all them, they were hosting an event at Penn state penitentiary, Zach Baggins, his whole team, John Zaffis, demonologist, uh, who is, uh, you know, who Ed and Lorraine Warren are. No. Uh, do you ever see the movie The Conjuring or oh, any shit, of that? Yeah, dude, yeah, that's, that's right. Lorraine Warren. That's real shit. She just too. passed away. She was nine. She was in her nineties. Uh, John Zaffis is her nephew. Did you see the movie The Haunting? Uh, or Haunting in Connecticut? Yeah. With the eyes and all that stuff. That was John Zaffis's case. Oh shit. He was the demonologist on that case, and he actually, I've actually listened to him tell the actual story. He said the movie is a movie. He said they. They did whatever the hell they wanted to with that movie. He said, that's not what happened. He and said, this was the only case I've ever been on that all, that made me say, I need to stop doing this. Well, everything, he you know, it was, they're going to make recreation of something. Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And he said, uh, his Lorraine sat him down and said, no, this is what you've been trained for. You have to do it. This family needs your help. Yeah. And so he went in there and did it. But anyways, Penn State Penitentiary. I was uh, still here in Texas, but I was one of the tech on monitoring uh i was monitoring live feed videos and uploading them to the website and stuff like that so i was kind of in the room too because i was actually like hey pan that camera this direction (laughs) doing that we had people scratched we had people bitten uh caught all kinds of evps and information like just voices and stuff in it uh one of the ladies stephanie i know she's got she had huge claw marks down her back and on her arm it actually looked like somebody bitter and you could see where there was a tooth missing let me tell you something. If a ghost has the balls to bite me, they're getting a fucking ass whooping. Well, you, you probably don't know there may be one humping you right now. Uh, dude, I believe there's ghost balls on my head right now. I don't know. <laughs> well, have you ever seen that? It's like that. It's that one uh, movie. Uh, he was like, they had a they had a camera that could pick up anything and sees like a whole other perspective. It's like putting a lens on. And next thing you know, you're able to see everything around you. And he's like, oh my god! So the camera's like, dude. There's a ghost with balls in your head right now. Like, what? He goes, tell him to fucking stop. He goes, I, I, I don't think he's going to listen. And he's sitting there just holding it and like, watch him. It's the funniest thing. But I'm like, it's, it's hard to believe that these things are not happening right now. Right now, across from me, I can show you. There is a chair that I usually sit in to do my podcast to kind of talk to people a little bit about the thing. And they kind of sit on this couch I'm sitting on right now. It's, it's the whole idea. Like, there could be someone sitting in that fucking chair right now. And I would never know. You know, I could be, I've been sitting here one time. Um, sometimes when I turn the light out, it gets complete darkness in here. I open up my blinds and I can see the bay and the ocean, all this type of stuff. And I just, I, I, I like to do this and just listen to thunderstorms. Hell, even get my cousin in here 
and we just sit there and shoot the shit about life. But I've been in here in moments where this room's completely silent. Like right now, I have noise canceling headphones on. I can't hear a damn thing outside of this room or this conversation right now. And I can tell you, I've heard shit where I'm like, what the fuck? And whether it's, I you know I work all day with a radio on my hip. So I sometimes get the the common effect where I hear a radio, like someone calling it, Robbie, they, you know, like that whole thing, my name being called on the radio. You get that, uh, your brain starts looking for that stimulus, like that ping on your iPhone or something like that. Yeah, like I've seen it. Your iPhone didn't ring. Off. Yeah, it didn't ring. And I'm, I'm sitting there sometimes and I'm like, I hear something say like, hey. Do you, you have a Zoom H1. Yeah. Carry it with you everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I basically do already. So that's one of the things that I do. I carry a cheap audio recorder, RCA. reason I use this one is because it lacks all the filters that a lot of the newer ones have. I can get the background noise. I've caught so much crap on this. I'll just be sitting somewhere, and I'll turn it on. And I'll just start having a conversation with myself while I'm doing it, right? Yeah. Plug it back into the computer. And I'm getting answers to my questions. I think a lot, I see the whole reason I haven't dived that far into it is because if you ever have a recorder with you, like I've been doing a couple of times, like I go walking on like the boardwalk or something, have it in my backpack just in case until I run into somebody interesting that, you know, might want to be able to talk for like an hour. And I think that a lot of people think like, what are you just going to record something so you can use it later? Like what? Like, in case you get into an argument, you, it's the common thing people do. Like, oh, I'm going to get that recording. So I, and I have proof that you fucking said that. It's like when you start looking at it like that, then it gets deemed as ridiculous and you get turned into the weird guy that walks around with a recorder. But I'm like, the no. world's all about experience, whether it's mystery. There's mysteries yeah, in the world. There's it's got a recorder on it. Yeah, I mean, hell. You have one so close to you that you look at practically most of your day. And mm -hmm. the whole fact is there are mysteries to life. People are interesting. The world is interesting. Why not go and discover it all? Anybody that should take anything away from this podcast is not two guys going off about ghosts or aliens or just life experiences in general. It's the whole thing. You have an interest in something and a wantingness to know more and understand what's out there. You know, very few people want to understand things, whether it's people, whether it's something. It's it's it doesn't matter. We're all here to understand. We're all here learning together. Let's make it a wonderful environment to learn together. You know whether it's changing the world or changing yourself, there's small things you can do that can make it easier on everybody. And Absolutely. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate sure we've been talking for like two hours now. And yeah, we've been going for an hour and a half, 90 minutes. It's usually about my runtime on my shows. Let me tell you something, dude, you're an amazing person who's, a, who's lived a life. I mean, a fucking good one at that. And, you know, I can tell you're a good person. You're going to change the world, dude, whether you think you're going to or not, man. And I appreciate everything. Just you even being on my podcast and being willing to be helping others get their podcasts out there and even trying to talk me through like tech support for like the first 20 minutes about trying to get this thing set up. I appreciate <laughs> that, you know, no and problem. It means a lot to me, man. Is and what's the what's a podcast thing people can find you on, man? I want to get that out there. You can get you can reach me anywhere that you can find a podcast. Anything goes project. Uh, uh, our host is Podbean. If you use the Podbean app, it's just anything goes project. Or you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Audio, TuneIn Radio, wherever you can get your podcast. You can also find me on Facebook, Mike Simons, my last name, and. Uh, on Instagram, it's Anything Goes Project. And Twitter, it's Anything Goes Project. We're all over the place. And we just actually started a page on MeWe, that new social media app that's got 
tons of groups on it. It's really, it's actually kind of an interesting app. A lot of people are jumping over to that because Facebook is putting so many limitations. Can and can. So, well, uh, I started a, an Anything Goes Project page on MeWe. So if anybody wants to come over there and check it out, and that page is strictly the Anything Goes After Dark. And uh, that's something that new that we're doing. Yes, I do this conversational podcast with people. That's my Saturday morning shows. My Wednesday night shows is I want people to contact me. I'm, I, I'm on your Instagram right now. I'm actually following yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the I want people to contact me. We have a number. It's 361-433-5739. Call in. Leave us a voice message. Tell us about your strange, spooky, paranormal stories, your ghost stories, your family ghost stories, or whatever. Or you can email us at stalkermailbox at gmail.com. <laughs> Everybody laughs when I say that. But <laughs> stalkermailbox at gmail.com. And just write out your story. We will read it on the air. Hell, if you want to become a guest on the show, reach out to me on any one of these platforms. I'll send you a link. You can actually be one of our featured guests. And we'll just get you on and tell your story. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate you having something like this in a way for people to express themselves in a world that seems to not creativity sometimes. there's It's adapting yeah. to more of a diverse culture when it comes to accepting that creativity is something we all have. And to lose it is... Is, is the worst thing possible. And I appreciate you being on my podcast, man. And I uh, hope to have you on again soon. Not a problem. And I'm going to try to get you on ours too. For sure, dude. I'm open. Just shoot me a day and I'll tell you. I'm down. No problem. Actually, I can send you a scheduling link and you can just schedule which day you're open. I'm open basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all day except between like maybe two to six. That's it. And I'm free literally all before that. I'm an insomniac, so I've been up since 2 a.m. I probably did eight podcasts today. And uh, I'm ready to hit the hay, dude, as soon as this podcast is over, I can tell you that. <laughs> but, yeah, I've you know, been up since about 4 a.m. this morning. I got you beat by two hours. Uh, I'm going to compare my dick size. Pull the ruler out. No, it's, it's, I, it's, it's common with people nowadays. But, you know, the whole thing is I appreciate you taking the time. And I can tell, dude, you're a good man. And Mike Simons, motherfucker, it was all, it was cool shooting the shit about some aliens and some ghosts because not too many people <laughs> want to talk about that. And the fact that you actually got to hear the audio. Oh, dude, it brings real realness. I'll send you those. I'll send you uh in Messenger. I'll send you those actual audio files so you can listen to them again. I'm gonna link them up in the freaking thing, dude, so people can do it for themselves. Take your own interpretation of it. All right, man, no problem. 